0: Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor Podcast and Video Series, powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy, back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. Our episode today is designed to benefit all retail IT VARs, or if you want to call them resellers or managed services providers, or systems integrators, or SIs, whatever you want. The topic is how trusted advisors embrace content marketing. And our guest today knows a ton about that topic and has lived channel marketing every day for over 27 years. Please welcome to the RSP Trusted Advisor podcast, the Vice President of North American Channel Marketing for ScanSource, Wendy Thacker. Wendy, always great to talk with you.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Jim. Super excited to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart this morning.
0: Wonderful. That's what we like to do. Bring on things that uh, folks are knowledgeable about and passionate about. And uh, you certainly fit those categories. And you and I have talked uh, offline uh, for uh, over the course of many years. But it's nice to have you online here that everybody can listen in. So, Thank you. So, I wanna start at, at a very high level and then drill down, right? And so the topic again is how trusted advisors embrace content marketing. And so it's the concept that if VARs produce and distribute content that's relevant to their customers and their prospects, it's going to help them be considered a trusted advisor. It's not only what they do on the job with those prospects or with their customers, content plays a key role as well. Can you talk about that concept?
1: Yeah, content marketing is is really interesting, and it's come a long way, even in the past several years, as we adopt new and different ways of consuming information. It used to be you would only call out or only send emails. Um, we'd be asking someone to buy something. And that kind of paradigm has shifted um, as we look at it. And so, you know, people buy from people. And so when you look at kind of what marketers should be doing, they really should be telling the story, helping set the tone and really reinforcing the brand. And so it's a little bit different now when you are marketing because you're looking at really becoming that trusted advisor for for your company and for that end customer to be able to come to you. You may already do business with them and they already know you, but often you have prospects that don't. And so how you set that tone and how you tell the story to help those new prospects better understand how technology can solve business problems for them is key. And so content marketing has really kind of helped do that in a different way. Gone are the newspaper ads and old things that we used to do. And a lot of companies are hiring people to only do this one thing. It's really interesting time.
0: Got I'm actually right in the middle of reading Seth Godin's book. I think it's called All Marketers Tell Stories is what it is. And it's all about, like you said, telling that story. So can you expand a little bit upon that storytelling part, right? People think trusted advisor is somebody saying to somebody else, here is what you need to do. I'm advising you. But you're talking about this content marketing is really more zooming out and talking. I think you said it, how technology solves business problems. Is that what you're thinking needs to be? I don't want to say not the theme of every single you know, piece of content that's produced but it's kind of along those lines in terms of solving problems in general is that how you would define you know content Um, marketing for Vars?
1: in a way for for the technology space um probably a pretty accurate assessment but it's broader than that so if we look at um different different folks or different ways that content marketing has come to be i don't know you just mentioned that book i just wrote it down that's what i'm going to put on my list We've actually had a speaker, and I don't know if you're familiar with Marcus Sheridan. Um, Mm -hmm. He's a really amazing motivational speaker, but he's a pool company owner and was able to really transform a pool company back in 2008 and really kind of started a lot of this content marketing movement. And what he did, yeah, for a pool company, and trust me, it's going to relate back in just a second is he just really started answering questions that people had about different types of pools and what types of pools they might would need or what were the benefits of a saltwater pool versus a chlorine pool or a fiberglass pool versus a concrete pool, et cetera. And so he didn't try and sell anything to anybody all he did was put content and pieces of drip material out there and was able to really expand that business. Um, He came up in all of the internet searches when he was looking for different things. And so I think that content marketing is a little bit bigger than just problem solving, but I think that's really what people are out to try and go find. So, you know, Jim, people can find any kind of feeds and speeds anywhere they like online. What they really want to know is how is this going to benefit me? How is this going to drive efficiency in my business? How is this going to allow me to decrease uh, costs and expenses? Uh, You know, especially in retail right now with the labor market being so tight, they're looking for new and different ways that they can really um, ramp back up and use technology to help offset some of those challenges. And so I think helping them understand that is key when you start talking about how do you put out good content.
0: Yeah, a no, good point. It's more beneficial to the end user to talk about how retailers are using technology to solve their labor shortage versus let me tell you about the XYZ 2400, right? That's brand new and look how shiny it is. So, um, okay, so that's the concept of content marketing, but I know a lot of solution providers, they struggle like at the start delivering content, you know, consistently, and then they struggle Mm -hmm. to maintain that cadence over time, right? It's hard to get going. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, to, to stick to it and be consistent with it. So what guidance would you have to give to a VAR for that? What can they do at the start of the process and what can they do to make sure that they they keep going and going?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Organization is key and it's often a step that's overlooked. So when we're talking to our partners and they're asking for advice on what can I do to take the next step, they often have a ton of tactical ideas that they can put out there, but they're overlooking that step of we've got to set the strategy. And so that strategy is your long-term goal. And think of it like a huge ship, right? You can turn it, but it's going to take you some time to turn it. And so you need to have that long-term strategy set forth and really kind of look at tactics as ways that you're going to achieve that or turn your ship, so to speak. A lot of people have grandiose ideas and really struggle to put them in place. Let me frame this a little bit a different way. So, I'm getting ready to take a trip to Paris for the holidays, which is going to be lovely, super excited. My goal there is to create a memorable experience with my friends and something that we couldn't just do um, on our own. We want to go sip champagne in the vineyard. We want to go experience making chocolate in Belgium, all of the big things. Well, the tactics so same thing with your marketing plan are, how are we going to get there? How are we going to fly? What hotels are we going to stay at? What tours are we going to take? How are we going to get there? Who's going to rent the car? So all of the things that make kind of that experience happen are the steps in your marketing plan as well. It's no different. So you've got this big goal of, hey, I want to tell the story of how our company can help our end customer reduce labor expenses if we wanna look at it from that angle. And then it's talking about what's happening in the industry. What are the trends? What is the labor market doing? Um, and then putting that plan together to go, okay, we're going to go deliver. Here's the pieces of content in the editorial calendar that we're gonna put out there. Here's the cadence in which we're going to do it. And I think that's key. Another point here that I want to make to Jim, that I think is often overlooked is making sure that all of your stakeholders at your company are at the table and they're all understanding that marketing is an extension of that team and they are an extension of yours. And so that marketeer doesn't have to put all of that content out themselves. You have the experts within the company that you already work for. Use your resources, bring them into the fold, and that will triple double quadruple your reach as you go through. They're going to have followers that you don't have. And so I think having all those stakeholders participate in that plan is key to that plan's success as well.
0: Amen. And so you talk about, you start off with what point are we trying to get across and communicate? And a lot of times it's just, we're an expert, on this market or on these markets yes. and then you just say so what topics are we going to talk about it and build it into a schedule I know of an RSPA member who does this via YouTube videos mm-hmm. and they sat down they focus on the retail market they had two guys internally uh, who are really sharp in knowledge about, about retail and they just said let's figure out once a month we're going to get mm-hmm. together and talk about it and then they were able to put you know, put the full video on YouTube and then snippets of it go out through social media and their email campaign and things of that nature. And you could just, they sat down with those experts and within half an hour, like, what are some topics that you talk to Mm -hmm. folks about a lot? What are some questions you get a lot? Bang, bang, bang. You come out with some questions and I don't want to say it's easy, like snap your fingers, but it's not like you got up. It's going to be harder for you to plan your Paris vacation and more time consuming than it would be to plan out some, some at least minimal level of, of content.
1: 100 percent. And content isn't hard. So if there's no magic formula or you have to have a Ph.D. to be able to put it out, you know, when you're looking at things and Kyle Mills on my team actually talked about this at a recent event, most people most, not all read at a elementary to sixth grade, fifth to sixth grade reading level. And so you're not trying to put out every buzzword, every acronym, everything. You, it's just plain talk and it's just helping somebody really understand uh, how they can leverage something uh, to make their business brighter, better, faster, whatever. And so I don't think that you have to have a grandiose plan and it's okay to talk to an audience of one. You know, you don't I think sometimes people try and boil the ocean and there's one of those sayings that everyone says, but you don't have to put out everything that you know about something. It's okay to talk to a party of one and really dive into something that one of your stakeholders really knows about. And so I think people sometimes get stuck thinking that they're going to have to tell everything. And to your point Get your experts, tell what you know, and move on from there. And once a month is plenty. You don't need to put out content every week unless that's your strategy. And so I think people get paralyzed before they ever even get started.
0: Right, right. And yeah, you're not writing for the New England Journal of Medicine, Yet. right, that it has to be so precise in that manner. Correct. And to your point of if you start it once a month, right, that seems like it's something that somebody could would be able to do. Once you get six months in, whatever you produce six months ago, it's not like it's gone forever. You can start re-promoting that or grab some right. snippets of it and go from there. So that that's part of how you can get a, a sustaining uh, strategy going. So
1: Absolutely.
0: And so, I also want to bring up so your colleague, Josh Johnstone. So, yes. he shared a great quote during a marketing breakout during your Channel Connect, Scansource, uh IntelliSys Channel Connect conferences in Orlando. And he said, The goal in marketing isn't to sell more stuff. Our business is about building trust, engagement, and thought leadership. So, that's, that's the end of his quote. So, it seems like, and you alluded to that already, it seems like it's so important for marketers to keep that top of mind, right? You shouldn't be just closing sales, closing sales. Can you talk a little bit more about that? In- Again, that's a broader look about what's the purpose of, of this content that you're creating.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting concept, right? Because I was in school quite some time ago. We've already established that I've um, been in this industry for over a quarter of a century. But it used to be that marketing was all focused on filling the funnel, right? All you heard was fill the top of the funnel and things will shake out at the bottom. And what we have now is that funnel has switched, it's flipped, and there's a continuous flow of content and what's important and dripping stuff to customers. And so Josh was spot on with the quote. And we need as marketers to meet people in the buying journey where they are. Not everyone is ready to buy today. Not everyone has a budget set aside. And so I think it's really important that we recognize that and that we look at how do we support sales because that's important, but then how do we continuously work that funnel and one of the ways you do that is with content marketing right To your point earlier, you have information that you can drip, and you drip it over time. You can repurpose it in many ways. Your video is also a blog, which is also a snippet, which also may go on TikTok or a different platform, YouTube, whatever. I think it's really important to understand that that content can just flow and be repurposed. If you're constantly in front of that end customer and they see you as kind of that advisor Um, They trust what you have to say. They're looking at that as important and key to their business. When they're ready in that journey, then you will be the person that they contact. Um, It's just a really interesting dynamic as to how that has shifted and how technology has really driven that shift um, over time. So just think of it, go back to, you know, we're there to create the buzz. We're there to answer the questions. We're there to really help that in customer visualize what we could do for them, how we could help them in their business. And so it's just really, it's a fun time to be in marketing and it's a really different way to look at it than what's been done um, even in the past five, 10 years.
0: Got it. I guess let's have like a meta conversation right now. Like what we're doing right now, this RSP Trusted Advisor podcast is content marketing for the RSPA. And part of what we do is I get people from the outside, you know, who aren't members pitching us, you know, just people get, you know, find someone on a podcast, they're pitching stuff all the time. Like you should interview so-and-so. And And I get to Mm -hmm. tell them like the goal of this podcast is to show, man, the RSPA has some really smart members maybe I should be part of that community or stay in part of that community as Mm -hmm. well. And I guess to zoom out, if you can talk about that for a VAR, that somebody can say, wow, this VAR seems to know about fill in the blank, or if they're talking about an installation they had or a problem that they solved, while they really seem to help customers. like That's almost what it seems to be is you don't have to think, is someone going to pick up the phone and uh, is someone going to email us or is this going to be a lead or something like that? It's just if you communicate those two points, Mm -hmm. when that person is ready to buy, they start looking around, they're going to know you and they're going to trust you more than they would have otherwise.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And you bring up a couple of concepts that I think are really, um, really key. And there are Lots of articles and thought leadership that are out there that I like to consume, right? And so when you start talking about creating that picture for the VAR, it's really going back to the integrity of your business and what that integrity, credibility looks like for you. And so, I think it's the same as what you would look at um, if you were a credible leader. So, there's a great Forbes article out there talking about six powerful ways to build your credibility, and it's things that are the same for your brand a consistency, showcase your achievements, practice what you preach, use testimonials. And so when I look at like testimonials, putting content out on your own channel is one thing, putting content out on someone else's channel or having your customer put content out on your behalf, then just doubles down on that mm-hmm. credibility and integrity. To listen to someone else tell the story about yeah how you helped solve that problem for them is super powerful to listen to that message. And so um, it's really interesting when you start looking at kind of building that and who else you employ to help you and how that works. But I really think that when you look at that, um, how do you put something out on somebody else's channel? How do you get your customers to talk about you? That's super powerful.
0: Absolutely. And if you talk about subjects that they care about, they're naturally mm-hmm. going to do it. But again, back to the point, if you're promoting the Excel one, two, five thousand, yes. you know, whatever, eh, that's not as compelling uh, for some of your customers. They're not going to pick up on that.
1: They're not going to pick up on that. And, you know, I'm going to be the first one out. If you start, you know, give me a 500 word blog and there are no pictures, there's no top 10 list, there are no bullets. Honestly, I'm out. And I call it, um, you can call it the TikTok generation or you can call it squirrel syndrome or whatever, but you know, the average adult has an attention span of less than 10 minutes. You have to change the subject about every 47 seconds, your tone, your inflection, something, or they're distracted. And so you have a little tiny bit of time to get to them. And so you've got to keep that in mind too when you're delivering this content. It cannot be along something without breaks without changing questions without looking at something they don't want to listen to a monologue anymore and so um just looking at some stats on kind of what that looks like jim it was unbelievable and so i'm gonna look at my notes here because i thought this was highly entertaining Mm -hmm. um did a survey around content and i learned five things so here i go with my five things all right here we go all right Two out of three users prefer watching videos under one minute or less, and you only have two minutes to get them. Viewers spend 2.6 times, uh, 2.6 more time on a website that has a video embedded than they do reading content. 92% of mobile users will share videos that they like. That's huge. Think about how many times you share, whether it's funny, serious, whatever, how many times you'll forward that to a friend. of users that have a phone watch a video every day, at least one. 58% of consumers believe they can trust a company more if they have a video. And so I thought those were just really interesting when you start looking at um, attention spans, what type of content you should have out there, and how to build credibility. Just really interesting to me.
0: Interesting. And to your point of, so like, here we are, someone might be saying, wait a second, you should only do two, only do two minute videos. You're saying that, and we're going to do like a 35, Correct. 40 minute video here. However, if it's again, and we'll get to this right after the commercial break, if it's compelling, and it's relatable to the audience, you will have a little bit more leeway. But if all you're doing is long form stuff, you're going to miss out on some segment mm-hmm. of your audience. And again, mm-hmm. you can take one long piece and then and then cut it up and uh, into pieces. Does, does, I guess, what are your thoughts on that, Wendy?
1: Yeah, I think you could. I think you've got to piece it out. Again, this is meeting people in the journey where they are. And so you've got to piece it out. Um, You've got to have snippets. And then maybe you have something behind a firewall. That way you can have a call to action. And then you can gather the information that you need to gather. But you've got just a couple of minutes to catch them or they've moved on.
0: Yes. Yes. Well said. And uh, that Seth Godin book, again, All Marketers Tell Stories. The original title was like All Marketers Are Liars. But I think he (laughs) realized like the book, he tries to explain why he said lie, but it kind of doesn't doesn't land exactly. But he talks about how Everybody has a different worldview. They have a different tolerance. They have a different frame, you know, how they see things. So that's why, like you said, you got to meet meet people where they are. Well, we're going to change pace here, and we're going to pause and let our listeners and viewers know about the Retail Solutions Providers Association. The artist pays North America's largest community of VARs, software developers, vendors, and distributors in the retail, restaurant, and grocery, and cannabis verticals. The artist pays a perfect fit for any organization that's serious about growth in those markets. And our RSPA membership has never been more valuable or more affordable. Annual membership start at just $250 a year, that's 68 cents a day, I guess in a non-leap year. Uh, And uh, for VARs and just $300 a year for software startups, for ISVs that's 82 cents a day. Accelerate your success in the retail IT channel by joining the RSPA community, Today, this is our commercial that's wrapped inside of, uh, of of all content marketing. So, also we want to say thanks to our annual sponsors who support the RSP community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors, Blue Star; our gold sponsors, co CoCard, Heartland, Star Micronics, and an organization that Wendy's a little familiar with, Scan Source. To receive the benefits of an RSP membership or RSP sponsorship, email membership at goRSPA. Dot org And finally, want to make sure everybody knows, registration is now open for Inspire 2024, the Retail IT Channel's premier leadership conference. This year's event is set for January 20th through 31st in Puerto Rico. Register today at go RSPA.org forward slash inspire so you can experience networking nirvana. All right. So you brought it up before we took that quick break there. Um About something has to be compelling. And that ties in with what I wanted to talk about is for the the rest of our time here. The five C's of content marketing, clear, concise, compelling, credible, and has a call to action. I was worried your list of five was going to be that and steal my thunder, but no, we're we're dovetailing together. So let's jump to the third C. Compelling, and so you talked about how something does need to really get you know the attention of that prospect. It can't be you know people have uh, lower attention fans spans outside of the length and the different variety. What what makes content from a var compelling, and then also what's quite frankly boring or gets ignored mm-hmm. or or is quickly forgotten.
1: Yeah, I think from a compelling standpoint, you have to look at a couple of things, right? Length is important. But in addition to that is visually, what is it, right? So is it words on a page? Is it a video? And I'm not saying it has to be like professionally produced and all of that. It can be a grassroots type something. But you've got to look at, is it visually compelling? Is it telling your story in a quick time frame? Do you have, and again, I said it earlier, I love a top five, top 10, why you need to know this type thing or are you um pulling on the heartstrings? you know when you look at compelling to me that is one of the c's that makes a ton of sense still i think some of them uh, might be a little bit outdated but i do think that compelling content is different depending on who you are talking to and what your audience looks like and that could be honestly jim uh, different for multiples of people within the same organization. So let's just pretend that you are selling into grocery, right? And so what is compelling to the store manager? may not be as compelling to the IT person versus what would be compelling to the head of operations. And so you've got to look at really who that target is within the organization. Do you need strategies for each of those types of players? Because, as you know, a lot more decisions are made by committee or they're being pushed down within the organization often. And it's not always the IT person that you're talking to anymore. And so you've got to ensure that your message is compelling for the audience or the persona, using one of those marketing buzzwords of who you're trying to go after. And so persona marketing to me is a key um, piece in how do you make your message compelling? Because if you aren't targeting the right person, it doesn't matter. So even think about it, um, we're getting ready to come up on Black Friday. And so all of the couponing, the emailing, the different videos that are being placed out on social, I am going to respond probably to very different ones than you are going to respond to. And so you've got to think what I'm looking for um, during the holiday sales is going to look different. And so same thing with the folks that are within the organization that you're trying to market to, just make sure that you know who they are and that you've identified that and that you tailor your message to each. I do think that's a, that's a key part that I didn't mention before that I do think is really important.
0: Got it. And it all starts like, yeah, maybe zooming out, like, with the audience you have to say who is my audience and it's not just people, right? You have to be more specific than that. and right. So if you're talking about, like you said, grocery, and you have to say, well, there's management level, there's IT, there might be operations, and then not that, and so I guess if you can tell me your take on this, every single piece of content you produce doesn't have to appeal to every single one of them, but you just have to be mindful to say, this one is more appealing to the executives and less to IT, or vice versa. So at least you have a plan going into it, and you're not just talking about Boring or vanilla, or you're saying something time after time that the executive people say I don't care about that, or that the tech people say they don't care about that. How do? What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think if you to to your point, if it's so vanilla or so watered down that you're trying to appeal to everybody, that you're not going to get the message across to that person that you're trying to really talk to. And so there are a couple of different ways to look at that. So you can do that. Let's say you're doing some video content, you can do that up front. You can talk through like, hey, this is. Um, very important for this type of person. You can also do that in your distribution of said content so you can put content out there, but then you can also really target it toward the people that it will matter to. And so this comes into what does your database look like? How good is it? Where are you getting that? Have you really combed that? Have you looked at it lately? Um, I hear from companies all the time that are like, oh my goodness, I need help with my database, or oh my goodness, I need some new prospects. That to me, if you don't have a good foundation to start with, um, is really going to be problematic when you start trying to talk to different audiences. What you put out online on your website or whatever on TikTok may be different. I'm talking here about like, how do we focus in Content on a drip campaign? How do we drip emails over to somebody? How do we target them with ads um, on publication websites and different banner ads and things like that? And so, really looking at who that audience is and what they care about specifically will really help you and go a long way.
0: Amen. And just again, a meta conversation here we are having a podcast. The RSP's two target audiences are VARs and ISVs, right? Mm -hmm. But we're talking in this, we're really talking about the VAR trusted advisor standpoint. Not that ISVs can't learn anything from it. This is very much a VAR-focused conversation. But, you know, we'll have other podcasts that we focus more on the ISVs, but at least we're making a conscious choice here. And again, imagine if we tried watering this down and going, well, Wendy, talk about ISVs and talk about how software, because that's a totally different sales thing, but how would they do content differently? It's, uh, we're going to focus on one, and again, you get to choose to do that. But if we would go 20 podcasts in a row, only talking to VARs and ignoring the ISVs, it would end up being a problem.
1: It would be a problem. And then if we only talked about, you know, if we started switching in the middle of this podcast, then we're losing an audience. They're going to shut off the minute we quit talking to them. And so you've got to keep that in mind, too. They start hearing something else like, oh, that doesn't relate to me. Click. They're going to close the screen. They're going to um, change their phone to another channel. And we don't want that. So we've got to be really conscientious about that and the persona that we're going after.
0: Yeah. Thank God my next question isn't about the healthcare market. Like so we're ignoring retail now and moving on to this. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. well, and that part that ties in, right? We focus on these topics and that gives us credibility. So can you talk about again? This is the fourth C. How does a VAR not just maintain their credibility, but enhance it through content marketing?
1: Yeah, I think credibility, um, you know we talked to earlier to me that is really how honest and transparent you are um and, but in addition to that is how you follow through and so i think credibility is someone um or a company that you not only put content out there but you have something that stands behind the content you have a way for them or a path for somebody to learn more, for them to see additional information that you have, for them to read about testimonials and case studies, for them to talk to someone who can really come out. One of my things that I think is really kind of interesting, and as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking my brain is constantly turning. And so I do have a notebook that um, I constantly write a note on, is what do we do when we look at that? And how do we create that expertise, and we're that trusted advisor. And then how do you transfer that over to the employees at your company? And so, this is where I think the credibility is so important. It's making sure that once they're ready in that journey as well to come over, that that person or group of people that they're working with also has that same tone, that same mentality, that they're singing from the same songbook, so to speak, um, when you go through. So I think credibility is is key. And I think another way that you can really drive that when you're talking about your content is, again, we're talking about ways to help the end customer be more efficient, economies of scale, etc. But make sure that you're also telling other things that they need to know. Like what are the trends in their space? Um, What do installs look like? What What is the cool thing about the latest and greatest product? Not a big something, just a quick little snippet, but how do you really take it to the next level? And another thing that they can really look at that's actually kind of easy is putting together pitch stories for different trade publications or even your local publications that are in your area. So if you've helped someone be successful, let's say, in putting the first whatever in a store, at opening a new store, at how technology is really advancing or helping the labor market, you um, then become the expert that different news outlets can rely on. And so I think that's something, it's not for everybody. Um, You almost have to have kind of a, a bigger team behind you, a PR team to help you kind of craft that. But that's a really cool way to instantly add credibility um, to what you have to say. So
0: Yes, and your credibility will rise. Again, even if you don't have a connection with the media, people do Google searches in your area. And so if you have this content that's going to help you rise to the top and that alone helps with your credibility.
1: hundred percent. And so it's about being seen, about being seen first. Every time somebody does search, your name keeps coming up. They're like, well, maybe I need to check that company out. They keep coming up. And I do think oftentimes, depending on the type of retail establishment, whether it's kind of SMB, mom and pop or big box. But if you're looking at and you're servicing kind of that local market, I do think that there is a benefit there for a local um, address or a local touch. And so to your point with an Internet search, you want to make sure that you're coming up in those uh, smaller target markets that you're working on.
0: Right. so one of my final questions in the final C of the, uh, the five C's of content is the CTA, the call to action. And so yeah. and this is where from a business to business standpoint, it ties in, the, we've talked about some books. Another book mm-hmm. I'd recommend is The Challenger Sale and it talks about commercial teaching, right? This isn't just an yeah. academic exercise. We're not just producing content to just edify the target audience, right? You want them to mm-hmm. take action. So I think you've alluded to it uh, earlier. So what is your advice that you would have on how to have a call to action that ties in and doesn't sound so cheesy, like, oh, now they're trying to sell me on something.
1: Yeah, I think um, content marketing is just a little bit different. And so there are a couple of ways in my mind that you have a CTA that um, is with that. And so one of them is a little softer. And so that is part of your plan, which you need to identify up front is, you know, what you expect to get. What is measurement of success but it's really engagement and so look at that some of the content that you put out there you may want that content to be shared, you may want it to go wider, you may want someone to comment or engage with it. And so look at that as kind of one of the nebulous ways, but a way nonetheless that you look at is kind of what is that call to action, it might just simply be to engage with the content. Another one um, is sometimes it does make sense to have a direct call to action with that content. But to your point, you can't have that um, overt Like, call me today. It's on sale. We're going to get it to you for ninety nine dollars or less. But it may be that the call to action is a little um, more hidden. And so think of it as you're constantly dripping content to this company. Um, You know, the fourth time you drip something over the fourth time it comes out, it may be, you know, um, learn more about how you can amortize the sale. Or learn more about how we can provide a monthly cost, making this easier to digest for your business. It could be that um, you're putting stuff out socially. So it's almost that you have to really meet them where they are in that process and drip the call to action just in time. It also may be, Jim, that you are, we talked about it earlier, you're putting a snippet out there, right? Right. And then your call to action is go here and download the whole story. You've you've watched this 60 second clip and this is amazing. You're going to want to see how it finishes. Go here and download it. And at that point, you're able to capture the information, put them in your database and, and things like that. It's a little different. It's just not the same as saying, hey, call me today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a delicate balance between the two, in my opinion. It, it's a different way to look at it for sure.
0: Yes. And the call to action doesn't always have to be give me money, right? Or give right. us money. It can be if you're interested in this, yes. we're, you know, experts on this. And so here's some other, you know, data that we can provide you or some right. other other stories. So all right, yeah. we're almost up against time, Wendy. Okay. Can you give us your final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners and viewers related to content marketing?
1: Yeah, I just want to say, um, take the first step. I think it's my advice. It's really not that scary. It's easy to put something down on a piece of paper and say, all right, we're going to have a plan. Even if you're dripping something every month, if you're dripping something every quarter, if you're looking at how to do it, take the first step. You have knowledge within each of your companies that you probably don't even realize is there. If you get a group of stakeholders together just to brainstorm to go, hey, I have this idea. I'd like to put this podcast out, or I'd like to put out a series of TikTok videos or series of YouTube videos, Um, Take the first step. I think you'd be surprised at how many people in the company would raise their hand and say, I'd love to contribute to that. Um, And it's just it's not hard. It can be time-consuming, but it's not hard. And so anybody can do it. Any company can do it. Um, We're here to help you. Y'all are here to help them. And so I think it's great. I listened to your commercial. I mean, 68 cents a day is what I wrote down. (laughs) 68 cents a day is great to be able to get all of this type of content and knowledge and advice, I think, is really important. But taking the first steps the hardest part. Call the meeting. It's a new year.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly right. And again, don't make it any harder than it needs to be. Correct. Right. You're you're not turning yourself into a television uh, production company, Correct. right, or a book publishing company. Yeah. yeah. You're producing you can shoot some content. It on your
1: iPhone. I mean, and you can edit it on your iPhone, too. It's really it's really easy to do. And if you don't know how to do it, find a teenager they can show
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just full disclosure again, the the meta conversation, we're recording this on Microsoft Teams. I have yeah. a headset that I use that I think I paid $39 for. I just plug it into my laptop using yeah. the camera in the laptop. Uh yeah. as somebody told me one time when I was helping with a B2B podcast, he's like, "We're not NBC, right? Like people aren't expecting, you know, HD and and all this yeah. stuff, right? People say if it's good content and it pertains to them and it meets a standard, right? That's what they're they're looking for."
1: 100%. It's easy. It's very cost-effective um, to do. It just takes some some time.
0: Excellent. Wonderful. Well, here here I was going to say, here comes the call to action. Uh, that does it for this episode of the Trusted Advisor. If you enjoyed our discussion, be sure to subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast, so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate it if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast. My personal philosophy is the more stars, the better. And here's an additional call to action. If you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the retail technology industry, check out the RSP blog. You can find it at goRSPA.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go, big thanks again to Wendy Thacker from Scansource for sharing her wisdom with us today. Thanks also to RSP Marketing Director Chris Arnold for his production work. Joseph McDade for our music. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the retail technology ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at GoRSPA.org. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, everybody.